3: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Let's go! This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSIN.
5: We begin hour number two of The Lombardi Line presented by Ben MGM, Dave on alongside West Reynolds here in fabulous Las Vegas at the South Point Casino. Let me just ask you this, Wes. If you had the Phillies last week and they led by six runs in the ninth inning and they gave up seven to lose to the Metropolitans at home. Right. That is that a worse beat or is it if you had the White Sox yesterday and they had a six run lead at home and they gave up six in the ninth and then proceeded to give up another three run homer to Josh Naylor who went absolutely berserk mm-hmm. after hitting the, the mm-hmm. second home run. And, and look, First of all, I love the reaction, but I don't know what I do. Like, I, you know, we've got buddies. You know, Tim Doyle comes on the program all the time. Timmy will text me and be like, if I lose this game, I'll never gamble again. Are there people out there that lost that White Sox game today that are going, what did I do to deserve this?
4: Yeah, and they're lying if they say they're not going to bet again because they're going to try to get even or get even deeper, as our buddy Patrick Everson <laughs> likes to say when he comes on this network. But I think last night's might be a little bit worse because really? you will see blown saves. But and you six will see blown runs
5: in the but, ninth.
4: But you've got a, the first guy, I believe, since 1974 to hit eight-plus RBIs from the eighth inning on in a game. Obviously, this went 11 innings. That would be Josh Naylor. I mean, you've got somebody that does something that hasn't happened in almost 50 years. Like you're gonna get at least a couple of those Phillies blown leads, like you had against the Mets last week. And uh, it's fortunate enough to be on the Phillies last night. They took it out on the Mariners, and yeah, that's kind of what I like. I like to back those teams that like had a tough homestand. Mm-hmm. You know, had a couple tough beats. They go on the road and they're like super focused in that first game, and they absolutely pounded the Mariners last night.
5: Yeah. Hey, but by the way, what's going on with the Mariners? Because again. Pre-flop, this was a team that a lot of people were talking about out West. It could be a real surprise. Right now, the Angels have been that surprise. Well, what's going
4: on is that the Angels, I think, are better than thought. Even even uh, Angel Cynic and fan Jonathan Von Tobel is like, wow, is I'm board? starting to believe here. I'm like, if JVT is starting wow. to believe, because we've gone through this the last couple of years where it's like the Halo show a little bit of life, and then it's like just wait, Wes, just wait, mm. you know, uh, the bullpen's not going to hold up the back end of the rotation, and I'm still kind of waiting here, but I'm thinking if JVT is even starting to believe in the halos, uh, is it time to get aboard here because he is usually the resident cynic on that team. It
5: was He went deep, and of course, Sho had a couple bombs. And Sho, hey,
4: by the way, now I'm seeing it a couple places where he is basically even money to win MVP. Oh, My uh, Aaron Judge, that was the only one I played for the ALs at 20-1. to He's down to like 7-1. to I think that was over at Superbook, but... Now seeing Shohei Ohtani like even money, minus 110, and I uh, can't disagree with the current
5: figure. Again, the, the, the caveat there, we just saw this play out the, in the NBA where Nikola Jokic won the MVP again, and I believe that was just because Embiid got hurt and mm-hmm. missed time. So again, we, like you never want this to happen, but you do have to handicap that in a way as well. So you just hope Shohei Ohtani can stay healthy because everybody in, the, in in baseball would love to watch him play. But, but
4: I, know, uh, I know a lot of the uh, national media think uh, Shohei Ohtani, they'll never accept him in baseball uh, because. Of the culture and the language barrier, and I saw him having fun with those fans on the south side of Chicago, yeah. kind of throwing the ball at him. They were like, oh, my God, this was so great. He is, so, uh, he is you the know, guy. Shohei Ohtani, look, when he's on, I'm watching.
5: No doubt about it. And again, they have the Shohei Ohtani rule, so that's going to help his cause for MVP. When he pitches, he doesn't have to come out of the game. He can still come in uh, and DH and hit. Let's talk about some of the trends we're seeing so far in Major League Baseball overall because, you know, we just had Will Hill on and, again, does a great job of points per weekly. We're starting to see offense mm-hmm. kind of rear their ugly head back because, again, you see this traditionally in Major League Baseball when it's colder out there, and we know now it feels like a deadened baseball a little bit, but offense is now – Overs are starting to come back a little bit more in vogue. Obviously, still has trended to the under at the beginning of the season. Is it going to even out, Wes? Have books now adjusted for the dead ball theory? And now that we're going to start warm up a little bit, you expect those bets to come? Yeah,
4: along. I think it's going to kind of, kind of go a little bit more toward the middle. I mean, there might be a small advantage at the end of the season, one way or the other. But that's typical because we finally have a typical baseball season. Yeah,
5: we're going to get all look, 162. We had that,
4: we had that COVID uh, season uh, in in 2020 with just the 60 games, kind of that race down the stretch to uh, put together some kind of playoff season. We haven't had a normal baseball season in a couple years, and that really is just kind of normal. So you get mm-hmm. into April, it's a little bit colder. The pitchers, I think, have a little bit of the advantage, and I think they even had more of one this year because of the short spring training because, obviously, the season started just a tad late, not as late as we thought it was right. going to. Uh, we thought it was maybe going to drag into May Thank or June. God it didn't. With this labor stoppage, but that's what you usually see. Like when the temperatures start to heat up, you start to see the eighties in the Midwest Mm -hmm. and in the Northeast, then you start to see the ball kind of go out of the ballpark more. Now with that dead and ball, I I don't know which team it was, if it was the Phillies or somebody was complaining and it got out on social media that we think that the ball's different in primetime games because they want, they want the overs, you know, on Sunday night baseball, or or the Saturday night baseball, when they have the regional coverage on Fox, once they get that going. So you know, don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to go all mm. Alex Jones here on Major League Baseball, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you never really know, but I think that the overs are going to start to pick up. I think you're starting to see it because we were seeing for a while like every game, and this was just like a couple weeks ago in fact, we were seeing like every game kind of get bet to the under yeah. where the wise guys get in overnight. It's like, "Okay, I know this number's going to drop. This might not be my true bet." or my true position, but it's like I got to get the number while the getting is good, and you would see like nearly, literally every total get bet to the under. You're not seeing that, though, anymore.
5: And again, look, if if there is a ball conspiracy theory out there, and again, it's coming from the pitchers. This isn't like you and I sitting here looking at the numbers going, oh, my goodness, now they got to readjust the numbers because there have been so many unders. No, the, the pitchers are telling you. They're like, hey, they're gripping it every day, Mm -hmm. and whether it's the seams, whether it's heavier, whether it's lighter. uh, So that's where this is coming from. So if Major League Baseball is realizing that maybe it's literally a stitching problem with the baseball, I hope they correct it because, look. I, we want offense. I don't think everybody wants a. a, a I don't mind pitching and defense, but I want it to be on the up and up, not because of a bad ball. And of course here.
4: I say that the overs, they're going to start coming in more. And then what do I do? First game of the day. That's going to get a, a first pitch here in about five minutes. Detroit Oakland doing a double dip. I bet the under, of course at, <laughs> at under six and a half with a uh, three and Frankie Montas uh, on the mound for the Tigers and A's respectively. You know, if
5: you've been a chalky player in major league baseball so far this year, it's been profitable, very profitable because right now the faves are uh, over a 61% clip here on the beginning of Major League Baseball at 261 to 166. And also, the Faves, a little bit better for you here at almost uh, almost 53% uh, winning percentage here so far. On the road, not as advantageous here, 47% here. Uh, and the underdogs, again, boy, they're not barking as much here at almost a 39% clip. What do you make of some of these numbers that you see here and anything that really stands out to you? Well,
4: one of the things, and I think – One of the reasons why you're going to see such a high percentage on the favorites is because Right away, it usually takes us two months, Dave, to kind of figure out, okay, this is a bad team. Yeah. We've already got three or four that we know, okay, this is a bad team. The Cincinnati Reds, 6-23, and 23, although they have won three or four. They're getting so, hot, uh, baby. The march back to 500 is on in, in, <laughs> in Cincinnati, but nevertheless, uh, at least they did win a series against Pittsburgh, so yeah. at least uh, they don't have to lose every single series, but you got Cincinnati, 6-23, and 23, Detroit at 8-20, and 20, uh, Kansas City at 9-17, and 17. and look, you always know a couple teams are going to be bad and a couple teams are going to be really elite Uh, Mm -hmm. and who's top in the national league and the American league. That's the Yankees and the Dodgers. And look, those teams are always going to be priced to the moon because of who they are. Yeah. You know they're they're just going to get bet accordingly, and they're always big favorites. There you see. God, those take those Cincinnati numbers. I can't bear to look. Let's at show that them. Show on, them less. on the graphics. I I, I can't look. <laughs> just the horror of that. Uh, now six and twenty three. Well, when your uh,
5: staff ERA
4: yeah
5: is almost six point six. I mean, look. Yeah. W- what are we doing here? I
4: mean, there are people getting on the Reds Reddit page threatening to uh, go relieve themselves oh, yeah, in that, that Toyota Tundra. That is on a le- uh, of some kind of dais or podium in center field. I was like, did that guy make good on his promise? You can't be selling wolf <laughs> tickets just because you got rained out on Friday night. You got to make your promise. But uh, look, uh, Bob Castellini and uh, and his son Phil Castellini, of course, famous for the line, "Where are you gonna go?" Well, not to the ballpark, no. Mr. Castellini, to uh, to watch this dog show of a team. I just hope that uh, Joey Votto gets traded to some kind of playoff contender in hey, midsummer.
5: But there is a danger, though, right, Wes, in blindly wagering against the Reds, mm-hmm. right? Because I know that for a while mm-hmm. it was in vogue. To kind of, and then you mentioned a three or four against Pittsburgh. It, it, because it's going to be baked into your point, right? That you, the odds maker is going to take into account that everybody is trying to load up against Cincinnati. And on the days that you blindly do that, well, you better be getting numbers right that, that aren't, you know, always plus two hundred. Yeah, they
4: kind of did it last night too. Brandon Woodruff, who has not pitched poorly to start the season, maybe not been on the level he was quite last year when him and uh, Corbin Burns had career years. Even though Burns kind of continuing that through this season, but you know, Luis Castillo did return to the lineup for his first start. Yep. and 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 look, uh, you're seeing it today. I think uh, the consensus opener was a dollar eighty-five on uh, Freddie Peralta tonight. Pretty much the same here. So, maybe not seeing as much of a fade because short term results sometimes can skew betters in terms of how they approach it. So, you know, I don't think you're going to see people run into the window necessarily to bet the Reds, but you're not seeing the ultimate fade right now because even bad teams in Major League Baseball, and that's been kind of a debate, it's like, is this team going to win 60 games? I'm like, yeah, they might, you know, maybe they'll win 50, but still bad teams usually most years are going to win, even like the Orioles who've been so bad for so many years. Even the Orioles win, you know, 60, 65 mm-hmm. games a year.
5: Uh, very quickly, because I know that you've already wagered Detroit and, and Oakland the first game of the board today. I want to get into this deep MLB card, but uh, you just played the under in yes. that game today. out yeah, there I, at the Coliseum? I, Unfortunately,
4: I didn't get the seven, which usually I do not do. Uh, seven and nine are such key numbers mm-hmm. on total, so it's like, if I can't lay the under nine and i sit down to eight and a half more, often than not, I will pass. I did not do so today just because I looked at some of the peripherals. Uh, well, school on Montas. Uh, their X pips are better in their ERAs, and, uh, you know, I know I kind of beat a dead horse with that, but the X pip I think really gives you the true. how a pitcher is pitching right. more so than the ERA. The ERA can be very misleading.
5: All right, so uh, so far we'll, we'll root for Wes on that under here with Scuball against Montas. All right, when we come back, let's get into this MLB card. I do want to pick your brain about those Metropolitans we already heard from Will Hill and maybe those uh, Crosstown Yankees today as well. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on these and these sports betting network. here on the Lombardi Line, Dave Ross, I'm West Reynolds, we're here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, I, heady days if you're a New York baseball fan. And I kind of kid that if you're a teenager in New York City, you have no idea what it feels like to win. None of your teams have won in right. any of the four major sports, right?
4: Yeah, and basketball's pretty much done now in the spring in New York, but... Uh as always, because they have teams in every sport, as the Rangers may be getting eliminated very shortly in the playoffs. So they're on the baseball already in the big app.
5: One thing I learned eons ago in the city that never sleeps, baseball never sleeps. It is still the king number one sport in the the city of New York. So let's talk about those New York teams right now, both of them leading their respective divisions here in the East in the American and National League. Let's start off with the Metropolitans today in D.C. We talked a little bit about it with Will Hill. Tyler McGill is going to take to the Hill. He's been shoving this year. He's been really good at Revelation so far without Jacob Grom. Patrick Corbin's been the the inverse. For the boys in DC, he's been getting booed at home. It's not been pretty. I know Will likes the Mets team total of over four today. Do you like the Metropolitans to get it done today?
4: It is kind of a big price to lay on the road because I'm always wondering okay, is there some positive regression coming? Mm. Considering Patrick Corbin, one of the main reasons why he's getting booed is when your ERA is over seven, is. 716. But the XBIP, 416. So maybe that says that, okay, there could be some positivity going forward. But I don't know. Usually, even though there's a discrepancy to the positive there, when a guy's kind of pitching that bad, Mm -hmm. I either want to fade him or I want to just stay away from him, and that might be what I do here in this spot. I can't really disagree with Will's approach, and I think that that's another way sometimes to play a favorite that you can do in baseball where it's like, okay – I don't know if I want to lay a dollar eighty on the road and I'm not one of those people that say, Okay, never lay that because there are some people that do. I don't think you wanna become too price restrictive necessarily. Sure. Because if you've got an angle and it's been profitable, you absolutely play it, but team total is another way i think to play those favorites if you want to do it i think uh let me see what i'm seeing right now i'm seeing four and a half uh it's not up a lot of places because i don't think the mcgill thing has been confirmed on mm-hmm. the don best screen so that's why you're seeing a lot of empty prices on this game but i'm seeing four and a half at uh minus 136 at uh at met livers uh we'll <laughs> we'll call it as to uh, not uh, infuriate our sponsor so uh That's probably the way I would go if I was going to bet this
5: game. If it is, in fact, McGill going, I do like the Mets in the first five. They've been pretty good in that spot. Again, it's more of a fade of Corbin at that stage, and maybe you don't have to lay that as big a price tag as the $1.80. Let's go to the other team in New York City. That would be the Yankees. I hate to give them top billing along with the Metropolitans, but they've earned it so far. Kikuchi going for Toronto today against Big Sev, uh, Luis Severino. Look, I got to be honest. I'm surprised the Yankees 12 games over 500 already with 20 wins uh, to begin the season because again we've talked about it with Will Hill throughout the uh, the off season. It just didn't look like they made the necessary mm-hmm. moves at the beginning of the year. They didn't hit, and now they're hitting. And Garrett Cole looks like he's returning to being Garrett Cole again. Severino could be an ace on any rotation. What do you make of them today? and going forward for the Yankees.
4: Yeah, and uh, look, at everybody kind of just said, eh, well, the Yankees are still there, but all the buzz was on the Blue Jays. Absolutely. And, of course, the Rays, and then it's kind of like, well, the Yankees are still around, but everybody kind of looked and said, well, Brian Cashman really didn't do What'd a you lot do? because we're expecting, you know, all these trades, and it looks like, uh, you know, the current ownership wants to be at least slightly more frugal by Yankee standards, mm-hmm. uh, but, but still one of the biggest payrolls, obviously, in the league. So now you've got Kikuchi coming in, contact pitch to contact guy, lefty against the Yankees team that's pretty good at hitting lefties, really historically. Uh, Kikuchi pitched well in the first meeting in Toronto against the Pinstripes, uh, solo homer, two other hits in seven strikeouts over just six innings. But can you do that at the stadium? I'm not so sure. Kikuchi walking about 15% of the batters he faces, which that's going to put him like bottom 10% of the league. So you don't want to give free passes to these guys, especially with how Aaron judge is hitting and then geo Stanton starting to pick it up a little, a little bit too. So that's what worries you. Uh, I don't usually like to get into, like, the barrel rate stat, but I know uh, Yankees leading the league in barrel per play to barrel appearances up, in baby. terms of getting ball, bats on the ball. And two of the top four in the league in that category are one, Aaron Judge, and also Giancarlo Stanton. They lead the league in hard-hit balls per swing. So they can not only crush the baseball, they can also not strike out. And you've got Kikuchi that is struggling with this command a little bit, that's walking 15% of the batters he's faced. Yankee or Blue Jays offense has gone cold a little bit over the last couple games. Mm-hmm. So probably the way I would play this if I were going to and I have not bet this yet uh, may do so in the next few hours. But I do like the Yankees, maybe first five, if you want to do that, that say, OK, they can exploit Kikuchi here and, you know, get him out of the game, make it a very short night and build up a lead. So. Yankees minus a half a run, minus a dollar ten. Because one of the things you can do when we talk about run lines, we always talk about first game where it's always plus or minus one and a half depending on a big. More often than not, you do first five run line. You get half a run here, yeah. so obviously the big change is sometimes if it's really, really pronounced and you got a great team against a really bad pitcher, maybe you'll rarely see a one. But more often than not, it's a half a run. So Severino minus a half a run, minus a dollar ten. Obviously, check your store to see if they offer that.
5: Great handicap because I do not like to do run lines for full games when I'm betting home teams.
4: Yeah, well, I don't either, and I just actually, don't like to do it. And actually, I'm kind of an aberration, probably, to most baseball betters because oftentimes I will take the run and a half and lay a little VIG. And one of the times I really like to do that is when the total is getting bet to the under. Right. When you can look at the screen and you see, okay, a seven is the total, and then all of a sudden you're seeing the VIG, minus 120, minus 125, minus mm-hmm. $1.30, then you know, okay, the market believes that runs are gonna come at a premium. So I like to take that half a run and maybe lay minus dollar forty. Sometimes I'll do that half and half, especially if it's like a big dog where I'll lay half on the run line and then take like uh, 0.5 units on a sixty or $1. sixty-five, whatever the dog price might be. I
5: think I'm going to jump in on the Yankee first five, but never admit that publicly. <laughs> let's go we'll to. We'll keep it between us. Dave. <laughs> let's go to your red legs today against the Milwaukee Brewers. We put those awful stats up on the board uh, in the last segment. We won't torture your eyes again, but the, let's just say the Reds' pitching staff has been awful. <laughs> my eyes, the goggles oh do God. nothing. I mean, you can't stop it. Freddie Peralta is going to be on the bump today for Milwaukee. Against Hunter Green. So again, we talked about this. You're gonna get a nice return on the Reds. They have won three of four. Would you nibble on the red legs today or think about maybe taking that run line and gobble up that run and a half at home It's still plus money?
4: Yeah, what we're seeing with Freddie Peralta so far this year, the ARA is just over five, but the XBIP is just over three. He's kind of had a little bit of bad luck, and that's where, where you look at that. BABIP, batting average balls in play, <laughs> 339 against Peralta My this year. My head can't
5: handle all the, the BIPs. All this stuff. You're
4: like, all this – number stuff hell with this but anyway uh 11 point like 11 and three quarters strikeouts per nine innings for peralta but one of the things he's doing he's walking a little bit too many guys almost four walks per nine innings that is not going to get it done and that's why he's only gotten two decisions so far in five starts because he just hasn't been lasting uh Hunter Green going to go on the mound for Cincinnati. Like most of the red staff has struggled one and four and five starts. Uh, He can strike a lot of guys out about 12.6 per nine innings, but the walks at 4.79, that's a little too much. 871 on the ERA 412 on the XFIP. So I really don't know what to do with the side here because, uh, I think that that price is probably about right, but, uh, I may actually look to an under, and it has moved up. I think mm. the overnight was eight over minus 115. You're seeing some eight-and-a-halves here, juice to the under minus 115, minus 120. If I'm going to get involved here, it'll be the under.
5: And to your theory. The and I'll be holding
4: on to my hats, too, with but, Hunter Green on the mound. But
5: with your correlation play, I do like that, because I kind of like the Reds plus the uh, on the run line today, getting that run and a half at home. So that might not be with, – with you liking the under there, that kind of leads me down that primrose path – potentially take the Reds and hold my nose and take that run in a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. With two of the more disappointed teams in major league baseball, they may be Seattle out West right now. They're four games under 500, six and a half games back of the halos in the West. And then it would be the Phillies in the East, three games under 500. They're also, uh, they are six and a half games back of the Metropolitans. Pretty good pitching matchup on paper today with Aaron Noah against Robbie Ray in Seattle. Will pitching, reign supreme. That total right now sitting at seven.
4: Yeah, Aaron Nola, I think his peripherals are better than his numbers right now. If you look, his strikeout rate is above 30%. The walk rate is below 5% first time in his career. The one issue for Nola is he's given up a little, few too many long balls, mm. but in Seattle, which is more of one of the few pitchers parks in all of Major League Baseball, you would think that, okay, the home run is not going to be much of a problem. Uh, Robbie Ray in Seattle won the Cy Young last year in Toronto, but his stuff, it seems like his fastball velocity has really dropped. Mm. Uh, he's missing fewer bats. Starting to get back to that Robbie Ray he was in Arizona where he'd get a lot of strikeouts, but he'd give a few too many free passes. Yeah. So you really worry about that. Philadelphia, very good against left-handed pitching. Uh, top 10 in the league in terms of hard hit rate. They absolutely smashed Seattle last night. It was 9-0. Uh, and nothing. so, Philly, off to a good start on that road trip after that frustrating home stand against your Metropolitan. Mm. So, uh, What I would probably look at here is maybe a split first five and full game. I like Nola on the road against Robbie
5: Ray. Okay, and again, right now Nola is getting the K's, forty-one K's right now. uh, Rodon right now in San Francisco, the league leader at fifty-three. Very quickly, uh, you know, Madison Bumgarner is back in the bump today for Arizona. Interesting uh, hand, was it manicure? That the ump gave yes. them last time out? <laughs> you could say that, yes. Right? That didn't go over very well. Let's see if it goes over better today for Mad Bum. Come on back, talk some hockey right here in the Lombardi line on these and the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at com, And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Going to have NFL preseason, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles with golf, UFC, USFL and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st to sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And boy, Puckheads mm-hmm. are loving, I would assume, at least the drama and the intrigue that you have in the NHL tonight because there's four games on tap. All four series are tied at two.
4: Yes. And uh, if you've been doing a little bit of the zigzag, we talk about the zigzag with the NBA where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's fool's gold, guys. Long term, that's like 49%. And I think it's been even worse to start these NBA playoffs, but in the NHL, been working out when you've got two to two series and Man. you've got four of them tonight. Uh, one team advanced, that was the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they took care of Nashville in a sweep down there. And you kind of thought that that was going to happen, right. I, I think, because I I refer to that matchup as like a true one versus 16. Well, like they just the couldn't NCAA stop tournament. the puck, No, you knew from the get-go Nashville was gonna be done uh, against Colorado. So Colorado has advanced. Pittsburgh going to try to advance tomorrow night. They're now up three to one on the blue shirt. So blue shirts got to try to stay alive in the garden. That was one I missed on last night. And I knew right away, I was like, these defensemen, I know Shesterkin, the goalie always gets most of the blame, but it's like, got to have guys that can stop the puck a little bit. I mean, what's the rule in like basketball? Stop the ball. Stop the ball. Stop the puck. And, and, And these guys weren't blocking many shots. These guys were giving Pittsburgh free reign. And. It was kind of interesting because I was hearing uh, Nick Kiprios, the former Toronto Maple Leaf, also was a member of that New York Rangers Stanley Cup team in 1994. He works for Sportsnet now up in Toronto. And he was on with Mitch and Paula yesterday, and they were asking him, why are we seeing so many overs? And it's like, because usually in the NHL playoffs, if you've been betting this long-term and for several seasons – you know that the officials are a little bit more judicious in terms of calling penalties yeah. in terms of putting guys in the box and giving power play opportunities. So that usually reduces scoring. But what Nick Kiprios said is like, these guys now are more than willing to like take gambles. So it's like, if I did that when I played, he I wouldn't get another shift. Yeah, They weren't putting me in. I wasn't getting hardly any chances. So that's why you're seeing these high totals here, which brings me a little bit to tonight And I'm debating, there's four games right now. Now, I've only bet one under tonight of these four games. You know, it's like betting unders in this economy? (laughs) Because inflation is not just affecting the economy. We got inflation in terms of goal scoring in the Stanley Cup You are living dangerously. Yeah, but I did do it with Boston and Carolina. This is game five. And look, Will Hill, we talked about that with him last hour, where it's like, okay, when you get to 2-2, game five is such the pivotal game. In, in the playoffs. I don't care whether it's NBA or NHL. It's got to be tired. And that's where you see, yeah. you know, teams maybe get a little bit more conservative. And I think to the point on the NHL, how pivotal game five is in a series, mm-hmm. 79% of the time, the winner of game five goes on to win the series. Ooh. So that's why I'm thinking maybe we're going to get a little bit lower scoring in these game fives tonight. Now, I've only bet one under so far, and that was Boston and Carolina. Yeah. The uh, were down 2 nothing, and looked like they were going to get run out, and then they get 2-2. Two to two, uh, That first line, Marchand and Bergeron and company, uh, all active on Sunday. So Boston against Carolina. Freddie Anderson still not back into net. Uh, McAvoy, the, uh, Charlie McAvoy, the D-man for the Bruins, he is going to be out due to COVID-19, so he is not going to play tonight. But... I do like the under. It's getting bet accordingly, too. It is yep. juiced to the under now, as high as minus 125. I went minus 115. And I think even without Freddie Anderson, who's been the dominant goaltender for Carolina in net, and, uh, you know, they've been platooning a little bit. We've mm-hmm. seen a little bit more anti-Ronta of late. but. Something tells me this is an old-fashioned 3-2 game tonight in Game 5 where these teams do not want to make a mistake, do not want to take bad penalties and give up power play opportunities. So uh, even in this uh, inflation inflation economy, Dave, especially here with Stanley Cup uh, totals going over, yeah, I'm going to be on the under for sure, Boston, Carolina tonight.
5: Carolina won the first two at home. Boston has won the last two in Beantown. Now they go back to Carolina for that pivotal Game five. Boy, this lightning Maple Leaf series has jumped up. This is dangerous
4: to bet unders, and this is one I have not went ahead. And, and, I mean,
5: I'm probably not
4: going to do any overs tonight, but I don't know if I'm really rushing to bet the under here between the uh, lightning and the Maple Leafs. And, really, this is a series, too, as close as it's been. You've seen some lopsided games so far in in this series, and this has been, I think, a total zigzag that you can play. So I have not played it tonight. There's a lot of people I know that do like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, They had a chance to go up 3-1, though, in game four, and the Lightning really looked sharp, came out in the first period and took control. So – you're wondering, has Tampa Bay, who's been there before, we know the whole thing with the Leafs, no team has more pressure in the National Hockey League than the Toronto the Maple
5: Leafs. the of Ab-
4: the NHL. Absolutely. So game five, it's going to be nuts up there in the six tonight. Lightning seem like they have the momentum. So this is one I'm staying out of because I can see this going seven where they just pretty much zigzag and flip flop all the way across.
5: Yeah. I'm right there with you. And again, it, it's just not your dad's NHL anymore. When you look at these totals at six, six and a half, six and a half, <laughs> six and a half across, it's amazing. Hey, just like, Dave, I, I, I Dave, remember It was, less, halves, five it was less
4: than a decade ago. If you remember when the Kings made their run with Jonathan, Jonathan Quick, Quick, when sure. he like basically ruled the league that year between the pipes and they won the Stanley cup. You were seeing fives juiced to the under. You were even seeing four and a halves juiced to the over. It's like, do I really want to get ballsy here and take under four and a half? They're going four and a half, like, over minus 140. So, do I want to take that plus 120 or plus 125 and go over four and a half? Now, you don't see hardly any fives. Like, the, the lowest scoring series basically has been Dallas and Calgary and even you had to worry about the empty nets Saturday right. night while we were all watching the UFC fights or the canelo <laughs> bevol fight over there at the MGM Grand, Dallas and Calgary. I was paying attention to that, too, even though I didn't have a bet on it. Empty netter with one second left to go to put it over the total of five and a half. Wow. So the overs, look, they're being priced as such, too, because we've heard the talk not only here on vsin but other areas here in the space where it's like, Okay, these overs, you know, they're just hitting at a great clip. Man. You gotta think eventually water finds its level. But I think, you know, maybe dip your toe in kind of like I did tonight. Yeah. My one under was Boston and Carolina, and that may be the only one I have on the card. If
5: you like it in the Toronto Tampa Bay game, you can get some plus money right yeah. now. I bet I'm yeah, jam.
4: you're you're gonna be holding on for dear life though for sixty minutes. You better
5: believe it. All right, how about the blues in the wild tonight? Again, six and a half is that total there. Uh and right now you see in Minnesota here again, two two around a dollar sixty at Ben MGM and the under slightly juiced at a dollar 20. What do you make of this matchup here tonight?
4: Yeah, the blues uh, got a little bit of momentum and I do have the blues for the series here. They went with Jordan Bennington. Remember Jordan Bennington a couple yeah. years ago, brought a cup to the uh, gateway sure city, did. but has not been the starting cold uh, goaltender for them. So they went with him over Hugh. it did work out. Now the blues, I thought brought the intensity early, but they had a little bit of puck luck, uh, Uh, The Wild, it it was pretty even when you looked at the stats down the stretch, but the shot attempts were getting blocked, so the Blues stepped up, I think, very much defensively. Uh, I still think that they're going to win this series. Mm. Now, the Blues have been really (laughs) shorthanded on the back end, especially on defense, so one thing you want to do is you want to watch the uh, injury report and see if Tori Krug, the former Boston Bruin, gets back for St. Louis, because I think they really need help on defense. They're just so banged up. Lydian Bortuzzo. Did skate on uh, Sunday, but did not go for the game. They're already without Tory Krug with that lower body injury. Scandela is also questionable tonight. So that's why you see this big price on the Minnesota Wild and what's been a pretty competitive series.
5: All right, so that's going to be an interesting one there. You know, it feels like every year in Canada, they want to get Canadian teams in the final. Mm-hmm. Edmonton, 2-2 against the Kings of L.A. right now. Under again, set at 6.5, and, and that again – uh, is just slightly to the under at $1.20. And Edmonton right now, a big favorite, over yeah. $2 to beat L.A. Is there pressure in that? It,
4: yeah, absolutely. If you look on paper, it's like, how the hell is this, is this series 2-2? It two feels two, a little mispriced. Edmonton is way better than the Kings. And keep in mind, the Kings don't have Drew Doughty. Right? They're a long uh, all-star <laughs> defenseman, Victor Arvidsson. Uh, Doughty's not coming back. Arvidsson, maybe if this gets a game six or game seven, could come back. uh, No word yet. And L.A. in game four, who is the much worse team of the two, they dominated the Oilers. And and that's what worries you about the Oilers. It's like they're so talented Mm. that sometimes they take it for granted. L.A., I think uh, 62% of the shots in game four, 58% of the expected goals, they shut out the Oilers 4-0. So – the kings were outscored 14 to 2 in the previous two games and then they came in and dominated Eight. uh look disciplined team smart team veteran team but way out talented here uh, yeah i know that's a big price and maybe they carried the momentum of game 4 but The Oilers are just so much better than these guys, but I'd be a little bit cautious about laying this puck line with this team because that was a very discouraging performance we saw on Sunday.
5: Again, it wasn't that long ago. There were zero teams north of the border in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Right now, they got a bunch right now with Toronto and Calgary and Edmonton trying to get back. But all there. these series are coin flips right now. So good luck with that. When we come back, let's go back to the AFC win totals in the NFL. See if there's any numbers you can jump on now here in May before we get to the games in September. Come on back. It is VC and the Sports Betting man. To start listening, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens planning a trip to Vegas. will come on out and convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards, points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located in the Las Vegas trip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or we'll log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please get responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER back alongside West Reynolds I am Dave Ross this is the Lombardi line right here on Vston and we talked about the NFC in our number one there were a couple of numbers for win totals that did jump off the page at me one of them was the Eagles at eight and a half right now if you're can bet on the Eagles as a cowboy fan I cannot I'm restricted by law you might be a good number to jump on. I wonder if there's an AFC total less that gets your attention here. Now, the Bills are the highest one on the board at 11 half. Now, the Broncos are going to be the chic pick, and I get why. Look, at 10 it feels high, Mm -hmm. but then you look at the roster, not just Russell Wilson, but you look what they're doing defensively, and you're getting Bradley Chubb back. I mean, they they look like they're gonna have a lot of weapons. The Chiefs are the one at ten and a half. I mean, look at just look at the AFC West. Chiefs ten and a half, Chargers ten and a half, Broncos ten and a half, and then the Raiders. Oh, by the way, they were a playoff team. They're eight and a half. I mean, that is running the gauntlet in that division. They all can't get to those eleven win totals, and the Raiders nine. You can't play all those overs. Is there? What would be the cautionary tale when you look at the West specifically? How low did this division? Watch? Well,
4: and you look at the strength of schedule, and this is obviously based on the record of the opponents that they faced in 2021 and how they finished chiefs uh, T five in terms of uh, toughest schedule oh. Raiders, T seven, the chargers 10th, and then the Broncos, the easiest schedule right there. Mid-pack there you go. at 15. So Look, that division is going to be uh, Escape Club, Wild Wild West, if you remember <laughs> that uh, hit from Great the 80s.
5: track, Because West. that's
4: what it is going to be. And, and look, you've got four teams that I think you could realistically say, okay, yeah, they look like playoff teams, but we know four teams are not getting no. out, and then there's just going to be one in each of the other three divisions. So somebody is going to be the odd man out and, be, and being left out. So Broncos, of course, made the big move with Russell Wilson, the yeah. biggest move in the division in the off season. So – You know, obviously, maybe a little basking in the glow here in terms of of that trade, and that's why you have them priced so high. One team that I think got underrated for what they did in the draft, and look, I always urge caution in terms of, grading the drafts because sometimes it could be a very futile exercise because you know everybody's kind of the consensus like everybody loved the jets draft right or everybody loved the giants draft and then you got to look because look they're a team that's going to be drafting higher going to have more picks of course you're going to be biased in terms of grading those teams but one team who I really liked what they did in the draft, I actually liked what the Kansas City Chiefs did. I did too. And I know that they drafted kind of in the back end there, but they get a corner in McDuffie. Now, these young guys are going to have to produce right. here for Kansas City, but Carl Loftus out of Purdue, I think is an absolute steal. Wait, you wait. can put him on the other side of Chris Jones. Yes. Let Chris Jones get those double teams and let Carl Loftus go to work. I like Leo Chenal, the third rounder they got out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, you know, not as talented and not as athletic as the Georgia defense, but watching that was defense in person here at the Las Vegas Bowl they are so smart they take the proper angles like every single time they don't beat themselves they also got cooked the safety out of Cincinnati but look uh, I don't think I know everybody thinks they're gonna miss the cheetah but I think Kansas City they have that type of offense and they trust Patrick Mahomes enough. Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Paulo Boncaro. I, I don't know. Martin Brundle, unfortunately, in the F1 race, didn't know the difference between the two, which was a, a how, funny moment. How
5: classic was that, by the yes.
4: way? Martin Brundle, Wrong just, guy. he he does not care about the awkwardness. He gives less than zero, you know And what's. he said,
5: it, so, sorry, I thought I was talking to somebody else. Yeah,
4: he confused. It was kind of funny. Paulo <laughs> Boncaro, I thought was a good sport, but along. I was like, man, Patrick Mahomes had a growth spurt, apparently, but it, it was. <laughs> It's very funny, by the way. Uh, Martin Brundle, gold television on those grid walks. So if you're new to Formula One, continue to watch those. Those are some of the most fun parts of the broadcast. But anyway, back to Kansas mm-hmm. City. I still think rightful favorite here. The team that kind of might be getting a little bit ignored is the Chargers. Yeah. And uh, Justin Herbert now in his third year. Uh, Brandon Staley, I believe, I believe this is his third year as the head coach uh, for the turner. No, his second year. His second year. It
5: feels like year eight. Yes. Because in dog years. Yeah. I, I Look. Again, you and I, we've talked a lot about him on the greens zone.
4: Uh, you're a little more of a Staley critic. I'm a little more of a Staley But I, I'm Stan. rooting for
5: the kid to learn from his mistakes a year ago because he made mistakes. Like, we can't just go into the blanket of analytics, uh, blanket of analytics rather than say, oh, you know what, it's all going to work out because I followed him. Like, dude, you, you able to got to be manage But you also got to understand
4: he's a little bit unconventional. Yes. And, and, you know, in the league, now I think you kind of have to be with – the way it's officiated that it's kind of biased a little bit against the defense especially in the passing game right. and this is a pass 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 league and no game more demonstrated that than the divisional playoff round where it was a uh, josh allen and mahomes where they've got like 20 seconds on the clock it's like no problem we can go 77 or 65 yards and go ahead and score and it was just that shootout it got to the point where Man. i think that that changed the thinking so much around the league that i know jim ursay the owner of the indianapolis colts was like you got to have a quarterback like that, which pretty much sealed Carson Wentz's fate in Indianapolis. You're like, okay, that dude's going to be gone once he said that. But that's what you're seeing these teams do, and that's why you see so many receivers get drafted. That's why you're seeing so many trades with big-time wide receivers, you know, more than we have in any other year. Because it used to be, okay, 1,000-yard receiver, that's a dime a dozen. I'd rather have the defensive end or the pass rusher with 15-plus sacks. But now you have to get these receivers. And we talked about that in the leader up to the draft where it's like, and you made a really good point, they want that extra year. No doubt. They want that extra year and that extra year of control. So that's why you might see six or even more receivers go in the first round.
5: All I'm going to say is, and this, I just want everybody in America to know, no grudges. I don't hold grudges, right? No, You're a
4: reasonable man.
5: I am. I played the Chargers to win the AFC at plus 1250. Now, the number is down now to 800. Mm -hmm. This is before the Khalil Mack trade. I believe in you, Brandon Staley, okay? So, I believe you will learn from your mistakes and keep your same analytically-driven mind, which is going to help you, and also in game situations where you kick a field goal, kick the damn field goal. I don't
4: know if he's going to be that much of a take-the-points guy, like a Dave (laughs) Ross-style take-the-points guy. I still think he's going hellfire and brimstone when he has to. And, look, uh, you were right in terms of betting that very early on. A lot of personnel changes. For this team, uh the Khalil Mack trade. I think they they really upgraded uh this They're team. They're gonna get after and, the quarterback. And, and, and in terms of the defense, and that's Ooh, what you have to do. No doubt. It's not only getting receivers, like that's what you gotta have in the NFL right now. You gotta have receivers and you gotta have edge rushers. And and I think the Chargers, you know, having uh having a, a Bosa and company and now getting Khalil Mack man. and then, you know, the upgrades they've made on the defensive line. So Chargers are going to be at least they're going to be a fun team to watch, though, on on our green zone, red zone, whatever can't zone. Wait. So this is going to be a very exciting team. That's going to be a really exciting division. Uh, I don't know how many unders in terms of game by game basis I'm going to be betting in this division.
5: I already can't wait for the green zone with you and I uh, during NFL season it is fantastic. Live in-game wagering people. I'll put it up against any show in America. Uh, by the way, the Browns right now are off the board. And we understand why they're off the board, right? Because we don't know about uh, Deshaun Watson. Watson, if he's going to be able to go or not.
4: Yeah, how long is that suspension going to be?
5: Because we know he's going to be suspended. I mean, you cannot blindly bet the Browns right now because you just don't know. Is it going to be four games? Is it going to be six games? Is it going to be ten games? You don't know. But it's coming. Something is coming from the NFL, and we just don't know what. Uh, Very quickly, I wanted to get your thoughts on your Colts at nine and a half. Yeah, what, what this that uh, number feels
4: a little high. Yeah, it, it does. And look, I think Indianapolis is a small favorite now in the division, just on the basis of that. A.J. Brown is now no longer yeah. in that division. He's uh, your problem there in the NFC. <laughs> Thanks. But, you know, the Colts, uh, they turned the page. They got Matt Ryan. I still think Matt Ryan has some good football. Left He's an in upgrade him. I still over think Carson he Lynch. has a couple years. And Jonathan Taylor's arguably the number one or at least number two running back in the league. But the one thing with the Colts. Do they have a number one receiver? We talk about how Tennessee got rid of their number one receiver. At least they brought Robert Woods in from the Rams. But can Michael Pittman be that guy for the Indianapolis Colts? And I'm not sure. I think the defense is going to be better with Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator, of course, comes from the Raiders. I think, you know, they're going to try to get after the quarterback a little bit more. The pass rush has been inconsistent. So they'll send... Uh, Darius Leonard, the maniac on some blitzes, and Bobby Okereke, the linebackers, he's a little bit more aggressive. Gus Bradley is in that regard. But I, I think the Colts are the small, they should be the small favorite to win the division, even though at MGM I still see Titans plus 115, Colts a plus one and a quarter. I don't want to go over nine and a half with this team. I think that that's the right number. I want to see maybe if they are still interested or if Chris Ballard and company are not done in terms of maybe bringing in an extra receiver, you know, an extra defensive lineman. We shall see.
5: I can tell you the Jags and Texans with their young quarterbacks. I might hold my nose and think about some. Well, they're going to be
4: better. They're going to be better than they were. So the gap is closing, but it's still a two team division.
5: It's to be I cannot wait. It, it just—it feels like I know it's—it's it's a little bit cooler out here in Las Vegas. Last couple, it feels like football weather. Wes always enjoyed the conversation. Good to my be friend. with you. Want to thank uh, Will Hill for joining us as well. Matt Santos, great job behind the glass. Stick with Veasan all afternoon, evening long. We got you covered right here on the Sports Betting Network.